Hi, and welcome to this Word in Season. Today we'll be hearing from Pastor Justin Naidu from Zoe Community Church in Johannesburg, South Africa. The Bible says God's Word is the seed for a bountiful harvest. We pray that you will flourish as you apply the principles in the Word of God. In Genesis chapter 37, a young man by the name of Joseph has a dream. He goes to his father and he says to his father, I had this dream that the sun, the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. Jacob, having prophetic insight, interprets the dream. And he says, are you saying, Joseph, that your mother and I, the sun and the moon and your brothers, 11 stars, 11 brothers, are going to bow down to me? So, the sun, the moon, and the stars are set in heaven. The sun, the moon, and the stars emit and transmit light. The sun, the moon, and the stars, mother, father, children, equal to family. What is the purpose of your family? The purpose of your family is to transmit light. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. First he said, I am the light of the world. Then he said, you are the light of the world. Now most people don't know that light doesn't make a sound. Sound travels at 343 meters per second. Light travels at about 20 million meters per second. What you say is sound. Who you are is light. So your family is meant to be light. Don't become a success in Babylon and a colossal failure in the home. Don't fail where it matters most. And that is family. It might might cost you something, my brother. It might cost you something, my sister, to say no to certain opportunities that might come your way just so that you keep your family together. The enemy has come at us at a very, very quick speed and we have not known it. There's an old story told of you, if you take a frog and you put it into boiling hot water, it immediately jumps out. Take the same frog, put it in a pot of cool water, put it on the stove and turn the heat up slowly. The frog will not know that it's in a pot of death. We have not known that the enemy has come at us because our lives have become so consumed that we forget the primary mandate, and that is family. God always wanted a family. That's why he had Adam and Eve. That's why he had Noah and his family. And he speaks to the family unit, be fruitful. Be fruitful, be productive. Wholesome families produce productive and fruitful children. I was at a meeting with a, with a pastor who was telling us on Saturday, Friday night that he was in ministry for 40 years. And after we walked away, I walked away with two other pastors. We said, it's one thing to speak. It's another thing to say something. Because they, could, they were just not pro- telling us anything that could help us. Today, as we are here, my heart bleeds because of the decay of family units. Fathers, man up. So what do I I mean? Stand up on a Sunday morning, tell your children it's late, pull the blanket off them and tell them it's time to get into the house of God. If you're a mother, talk to your children. Fathers, talk to your sons about now how they need not objectify women. It's your duty, man. But when we come into a family, something's happened. See, when you come into a setting like this, this is church, this is family. 
That's what we're building. We're building family. Mary, Joseph, the Lord Jesus all came into a family setting. From the word family, we derive the word familiar. And when we become familiar, the word familiar has an interesting meaning. It means to have, be, have a close acquaintance, to have knowledge of. It means to have relaxed friendliness, intimacy, casualness, to become comfortable with. I am familiar with uh, all of you in this church. In fact, for most of you, I don't call your name up. I dial your number. But when we become familiar with a place or a person, we can treat that which is holy as a common thing. See, and I will explain this in great detail. What is the result when we treat that which is holy as a common thing? The result is grace is wasted. The instruction given to us in the scriptures is not to receive the grace of God in vain. When there is familiarity, there is dishonor. When there is familiarity, there is dishonor and barrenness and unfruitfulness set in. Let's go to Mark chapter 6 and I want to show you what happens. I, I, I didn't want to use this bad word, demon. Because when I preached this, not this message, but I preached on familiarity some time ago, someone was very upset. But I think maybe we need to call it what it is. Call it what it is because uh, when this demon of familiarity sets in, you're going to see what's going to happen. Mark chapter 6, verse number 1 through to 6, the Bible tells us, Then Jesus went out from there and came to his own country. Interesting. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which was given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hand? Verse 3. And this is the highlighting part. This is what they say. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? The brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us. So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, amongst his own relatives, and in his own house. Now watch the result of the demon of familiarity. The scriptures tell us, now he could do no mighty work there except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about in the villages in a circuit teaching. This is a very potent narrative that highlights how familiarity breeds contempt. The word contempt is very interesting. It means to scorn, to disdain, to disrespect to disparage, to mock, to ridicule, to disgust, to disgust, to detest. Although these people in this narrative recognized and were astonished at the wisdom of the Lord and the mighty works of Christ, they were still offended because of their familiarity. These people missed the Messiah. They failed to partake of the richness of grace. They remained unfruitful because familiarity had set in. The words that they spoke, and I want to say again, your words and your speech will deceive you. 
The words they spoke highlighted their non-recognition of his grace. Is this not the carpenter? What was the result? If you go back to that verse, you'll see the results are he could do no mighty works there. He could do no mighty works there. Don't think that healing a few sick people is a mighty work. That means he could not, for me personally, he could not deposit the richness of his grace into a community. The potency of his person and greatness had no impact on a community because of their familiarity. He came to his own people. He came to his own country. In our own country, in your own home, in your own place of dwelling, we too can be possessed by the spirit of familiarity. That causes the mighty works of God to cease. The result is impotent people. John 1.46. John 1.46. Nathaniel asked this question. What good can come out of Nazareth? What good can come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out? Places and people remain impotent. When familiarity sets in. And we lack receptivity for Christ and the ones he sends. Let's start with a few examples of familiarity today. Number one, family familiarity. All of you know in 1 Samuel 16, a man by the name of David was anointed king over Israel. Everybody was there. It was a grand event. And his older brother, this is what the scripture says. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come, why did you come here, down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. For you have come down to see the battle. Eliab was familiar with his brother David. And didn't recognize the grace of God upon his life. And the call of God upon his life as a king. There's family familiarity. The next one is a very difficult one. But it's a very real one. It's spousal familiarity. The Bible speaks of a lady by the name of Michelle. Now... Some of us are married for 10 years. Some of us are married for 20 years. Some of us are married for 30 years. And some of you are reaching 40 years. Now, when you walk past your wife for 40 years, you can really become very familiar with her. Likewise for your husband. And you cannot or you will fail to recognize the measure and grace they carry. I am saying to us, there can be spousal familiarity. The Bible says, now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, 2 Samuel 6, 16, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. This is the man's wife. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, Jesus said it, a man's greatest enemies come from his own house. She's sitting, or she's at the window, and she despises her husband. 
If you read on in that narrative, it gets very interesting. Then David returned to bless his household and Michelle, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. And watch how she speaks to David. How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Mishael, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of God over Israel. Therefore, I will play my music before the Lord. I will be even more undignified than this and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in, what's the word, key word, I will be held in honor. And if you know anything about mathematics, the next word, verse 23, starts with, this implies that. Therefore, in light of the above, Michal, the daughter of Saul, the correct version says, remained barren to the day of her death. It's a Selah moment that her barrenness was intrinsically linked to her familiarity with her spouse and her overt dishonor to the one God had raised up. You want to become fruitful, and I'm not just saying fruitful in terms of having children and babies, but let me say this to you. You could become barren because of your dishonor for your spouse. You could become familiar. Michelle saw, did not see David as the one the Lord had raised up and the one that had carried the anointing of the horn of oil upon his head. Don't become familiar with your spouse. I'll share a secret with you because we are very busy people. So when I was preparing for this, I said, Lord, forgive me because me, I have become familiar with my spouse. So I went and had to Google my wife's name. I had to Google my wife to know outside of my wife to me what kind of a person she is to the world. I said, Lord, thank you for this gift you gave to me. But I want to say to you, don't become familiar with your spouse. Yes, you will be in a familial setting. You will be passing each other, but always keep the honor principle. And we'll talk about how you can honor each other in your home. Some of you may be saying, Pastor, where's the great revelation from the scriptures? Uh, this will save your life. This will save your marriage. This will save you money, brother. You think marriage is costly. Try divorce. It's very costly. Thirdly, parental familiarity. Luke 15, 12, the story of the prodigal son. The younger of the sons said to his father, give me the portion of my goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. The word is, he said, give me the portion or give me my inheritance. The father, the son is saying to his father, listen to me, give me my inheritance. Inheritance, if anyone has studied the law of property, you know that in, an inheritance is only given upon the death of the person. The younger son, the immature son, the wet behind his ear son is saying, father, I wish you were dead. I wish you were dead. And a lot of our young people who are growing up in the house of God don't understand the principle of honor. They become familiar with their parents. They become familiar with their parents. There is no honor. I'll share a story with you. 
There was a young man who was the only child to his mother. They grew up in a poverty-stricken home. And when he grew up, his mother made sure that he was well-qualified, well-educated, and he became a medical doctor. So one day, uh, his mother was in the house living with him and he brought all his friends home, all his doctor friends, and they were having a lovely time together. And uh, one of the doctors said, uh, you know, saw this lady pass by and he asked the young man, Tell, who, who's that lady there? Uh, and the young man responded, no, that's the helper in this house. You can become familiar with your parents. I want to say to you today, your parents can speak broken English. Your parents could not have a degree. Your parents could not be eloquent. But you make sure, while you have them alive, you honor your parents. If I find you raising your voice at your parent, I will rebuke you. Because I can tell you, you know what the story here has? The story has a pigsty waiting for you. This narrative here. You will find yourself in a pigsty. Don't make demands from your father. You know what he said? Father, give me. If you're a young person here and you're a teenager, you are entitled to nothing. Don't live with a sense of entitlement in your home. Your parents have done their best to educate you, to put food on the table, to put clothes on your back, even if it is, a, if it is from Ilanga stores. I hope this revelation is getting to us. Parental familiarity. If you understand that your parents are gifts from God that are given to you to be a blessing to you, no one can, no one, no one on this earth, no one on this earth can, like Jacob laid his hands on his sons, no one can bless like that. Much of what happened with our church was my mother was praying, and she's praying, and she's praying. You have spousal familiarity, you have parental familiarity. Now it's a big one, now it's starting to build up. You have familiarity with God. In Judges chapter 16, there was a man by the name of Samson. Samson became familiar with the power of God and with the power of the Holy Spirit. And he did not know that the Holy Spirit had departed. In Genesis 16, 20, and this is what happened. He said, the, 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 I think it was Delilah who said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. Again, he awoke from his sleep here to open his eyes. I will go out. Watch the language of Samson. I will go out as before, as other times, and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed. He did not know. This is one of the grave errors of many church movements today. Many people today, we fail to recognize the Lord has departed. When you become familiar and you think you can just call on God like a remote control and put him on demand when you need him and you don't wait on him and you don't understand the way he moves and the way he works, you will find yourself in death. The result of Samson was death. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, 2 Samuel chapter 6, another example, King David is moving the ark back to Jerusalem. And the ark was revered. It was deemed to be holy. It was a symbol of God's presence and his spirit. Verse number six. When they came to Nacon's threshing floor. Here's a man. Uzzah put out his hand to touch the ark of God. And took hold of it for the oxen stumble. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah. And God struck him before, uh, God struck him there uh, for his error and he died. Watch it. It's death for Samson. It's pigsty for the young lad. Familiarity will bring us to these things. 
And this man, Uzzah, took, listen to me very carefully, Uzzah took foolish liberties to treat that which was holy as common. Died. But the, look at the converse. You can read on when you have a chance. The, the ark goes to Obed-Edom's house. Because they couldn't move. They had to, they had to have a, a recess. And for three months, the ark was in Obed-Edom. And Obed-Edom, oh man, I tell you, he had reverence for the ark. And everything in Obed-Edom's house prospered because of his honor for God and his presence. Write these words down. And you can quote me because it never come from anyone else. Don't let tragedy be the catalyst for your honor. Don't let tragedy be the catalyst for your honor. David said this, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I have kept your word. Don't let tragedy be the catalyst for your honor. Learn from the mistakes of others. Don't become familiar with God. God is holy. God is transcendent. He's separate and above. Fasten your seatbelts. The next level of familiarity that we can have is when we become familiar with the servant of the Lord. Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses. Because of the Ethiopian woman he had married. Miriam and Aaron were racist. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, watch what these people are speaking as the Lord. Watch, I, I, can I read with the cynicism that they would? Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken also through us? That conversation was not innocent. Let me tell you why it wasn't innocent. Because the Lord heard it. The Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very humble. More than all the men who were on the face of the earth. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, Come out, three of you, out of the tabernacle. Fast track when you get to verse 15. God was upset with Miriam. She became leprous. What has happened? Miriam was shut out of the camp for seven days and the people did not journey till Miriam was brought in again. They are moving towards the promised land. They are on a journey towards a land flowing with milk and honey. Oh, no, no, no. Does God only speak to Moses? Does God only speak? No. Three of you come out. Seven days. No one moves. Nothing happens. Deceleration. Of kingdom purpose amongst a community of people because two witnesses agreed in accusation against the set man of God. And God came to his defense. Life and death lie in the power of the tongue. A consistent culture of honor will bring acceleration to your families. It will bring acceleration to the local church. It will bring acceleration for kingdom purpose. You see, Moses was a humble man. Many of us grew up in church where there was a gulf between clergy and laity. So, like when I grew up in church, my, we had a very broken building. I don't know if anyone here remembers the church. It's a small building, but there was a door at the back of the stage. It was called the vestry. So the pastor had to, in the middle of the meeting, very smoothly walk out while the music is playing. No one was allowed access to the pastor. 
he would take a seat and then after he preached he would go back in now whilst we have the ability and the access to our pastor we must also not allow for familiarity to set in the availability of one's spiritual father or pastor is his imminency the state of being near and within in this relationship in this what we would call dyad there is interaction with people i my father over a period of time broke that because he would be the first person greeting everyone and the last person to leave i see that happening now with a destruction or destroying of that but how however grace transmission can be affected when people treat the father of our household as a common thing when you even it can happen naturally when that happens you commit the sin of surpass bypass and trespass next one and i'm moving along quickly i'm not going to prosecute these matters at length familiarity with brethren and with sisters this is a lovely verse it's my verse for the week check this out psalm 41 verse 9 Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted who ate my food ate my bread has lifted up his heel against me if we don't steward relationships with grace and honor familiarity sets in it breeds contempt and ultimately leads to the dissolution of the relationship the dissolving of the relationship So I'm going to be very practical with you. You have brethren in this church, you have family in this church, you have family outside this church, you have brethren outside this church. When they come to your home, don't allow familiarity to set in and when you go to someone else's place or sit around a table even if it's not at home, don't allow familiarity to set in. Because what happens is I won't see value in the next person. So when you go to someone's home, have etiquette this is a cultural environment by the way etiquette if you are not invited into a certain space in the home do not go there they have a place where you sit take a seat that means take a seat it is not your prerogative to say wow what a lovely fridge what do we have here today what happens familiarity sets in And I'm not just talking about friends in the church. You could have colleagues from work that have had long-standing relations and before we know it it starts getting eroded. It's getting eroded. It's getting eroded. We're breaking down relationships because we became familiar with each other. Eight my bread. This fellow you'll send you then you'll end up saying this fellow you know he came to my house pastor we were eating together I gave him everything and now he lifted his heel against me. we must have respect for people's person place and property this message will save you save you a lot of heartache because we want wholesome relationships that are fruitful yesterday i had the privilege of ordaining theo and cheryl that is a 30 year relationship 30 years ago whilst I was still in school theo phoned me he said you know that girl in church uncle morgan's daughter what's her phone number So in those days we had cord phone eh it seemed like today these iPhones you have to have them charging all the time but anyway so i had to go, and my father was sitting next to me so i had to call the telephone number out in cords i had to tell him it was 
Then after that, you know, we went on 5077981. That was their number. 25 years ago in 1999, I was the master of ceremonies at their wedding. Almost 30 years later, I had the honor of ordaining them into ministry. You know why? Why? I treat them with respect. I think it's reciprocated. We love each other. We honor each other. And I want to say the same for you. If you're going to have long-standing friendships and relationships, you have to know how to cultivate it. If I, you know, I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this. One of our neighbors came home, and uh, she said to my mother, if I'm not being too inquisitive, how much do you earn a month? Listen to me very carefully. You don't have to, you know, on, on someone's pay slip, what does it say? Private and? It's not your business. Yesterday, we googled one of the names of our pastors from Pretoria. Uh, and we googled his name. And you know, the search comes up of what was Google before. And you know what was, came up? Came up, pastor, so-and-so, salary. That's what was, you know, it, it, that came up as what was searched. Don't become familiar with people. People are, add value to your life. People can open doors for you. Honor and respect and treasure your relationships. The brotherhood are holy brethren. And when there is familiarity, it results in foolish jesting. I, I'll say those words again, foolish jesting. Be very cautious. The result, there is a lack of respect and grace again is dissipated. Number seven, big one, familiarity with the house of God. Genesis 28, Jacob awoke from his sleep. Jacob, to be, to be in a sleep state or to be asleep is to be in a comatose state. Jacob awoke from his sleep. And this is what he says. Surely, read with me. Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid. And he said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. This place was previously called Luz. It was only when Jacob awoke from his sleep, from his drowsy, sleepy, comatose state. You could be in the house of God and you could be drowsy. You could be sleepy. You could be in a comatose state because you were somewhere else last night. No, so. But you are unaware that this is an awesome place. You are unaware that this is the house of God. You are unaware that this is the gate of heaven where angels ascend. Someone this week had to ascend a ladder, bring the food from heaven and drop it into the earth. How awesome is this place? This is not just a few people gathering on a Sunday. This is the gate of heaven. All our gatherings must transmit grace. All our gatherings must be a place where we have encounters with the living God. Familiarity in the house of God leads to a wastage of grace. I'm saying this, I want to issue a caution that we must not treat the house of God with frivolity. It is in the house of God where we practice the Lord's table. It is in the house of the Lord where we are baptized. It is in the house of the Lord where the Spirit of the Lord baptizes us. It is in the house of the Lord where we are receiving manna from heaven. It's called holy ordinances. If you grew up in a Catholic or an Anglican church, you can't treat the Lord's table just in a haphazard manner. 
Foolish behavior can be, write the words down. Foolish behavior in the house of God can be a doorway for demonic infestation. Familiarity with God the Father is number eight. You know, in the Old Testament, God was far away. Times he remained hidden in just the most holy place. In the New Testament, the same holy God comes now to live with imperfect human beings. We must be yoked to the Father, maintain intimacy with Him, but don't become familiar with Him. You have the wonderful privilege through what Jesus did on the cross. He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. You have the, you know that word Abba is such an intimate word. We must sing that song. Abba. Will you have the opportunity to call God Papa, Abba. You don't have to go through all the ceremonial rituals of the, of the old covenant from the old, from the, from the outer court to the inner court. Oh, that, that when Jesus died, the veil was torn. It's actually torn in his flesh. And now you can come boldly. But in coming boldly, don't take that privilege lightly. Don't think God is a God of hide and seek. Come when I call you, stay where you are. No! Have a deep understanding. We cannot be familiar with the Holy God. Familiarity is the thorn that pierces the seed of God's word. See, I, 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 can, I use the example of my wife and others. When I come to this gathering, even today, as we were standing and as we were singing, I was so refreshed. I'm going to say, I am so tired. I am so, so tired. But I stood here today and I'm so refreshed by being in the house of God. And I will refuse to become familiar even with, with the singers or with someone like Jeremy or, or one of our musicians. Because, listen, when I come here, I know that there's grace locked in him. Grace locked in everyone. Familiarity is a fruit of the flesh. Fruit of flesh. Familiarity will cause us to miss the visitation of the Holy Spirit. Oh Lord, help us. Oh, it will cause us to miss the visitation of the Holy Spirit. Familiarity produces doubt and it paralyzes an environment. Familiarity produces doubt and it paralyzes an environment. Is this not the carpenter? He could do no great works. Produces doubt. But you have to know how sometimes when you become familiar with God as your father, you can start doubting him. But when you have reverence and honor for him, you will know what is impossible for this great God. When you can open, you know, we were coming through yesterday and we're looking at the skies. My God, how beautiful were these skies. I said, Lord, and we just couldn't stop admiring the sky. To think that the creator of that universe is one who I have access to should never cause me to become familiar with one of such great awesomeness. Anybody ask me who I work for, I say I work for the CEO of the universe. That's my employer. And I said, I'm not really employed because you can't fire me. To answer to my boss, familiarity will cause us to waste what we have learnt. Familiarity will cause us to waste what we have learned. In conclusion, we can overcome familiarity by not allowing dishonor to come into our homes and into our church. Familiarity can be the death of our church. 
Familiarity can lead to the death of your marriage. Familiarity can lead to the complete decay of your relationship with God the Father. Maintain your reverential awe. Maintain your reverential awe for God. Don't lose that. Don't lose that. Maintain your reverential awe for God. That is what must govern us at all times. Grace, mercy, and peace to you. It's been so great having you with us. If you'd like to access any of our free resources, get more information, or sow a seed into our ministry, please visit our website on www.lifecom.co.za. That's www.lifecom.co.za. You can also subscribe to Pastor Justin Naidu on YouTube or find Zoe Community on Facebook and Instagram. Grace and blessings to you.